This episode of Sentunes is brought to you by Overpromising and Underdelivering. It is currently October 16th, and we still haven't gotten Jesus. Don't do game. it. Don't do it. Uh, we did. still haven't gotten it yet. Uh, Come on, uh, Kanye. Uh, Come on. Why would you do this to me? Why would you open this wound? I'm numb. You can't hurt me anymore, Kanye. You can't hurt us anymore. This is Sentunes. Uh, well, it is October 16th when we're recording this, and this is a Sentudes Podcast. My name is Soccer Jake Nani, and he is Andrew K. Park. Uh, we listen to it so you can enjoy it. Andrew, how are you doing today? Despite it being October 16th, and no Jesus is you know, just add that, add that to a laundry list of things that make me sad. But no worries, no worries. You, we have a really, really exciting artist on the ledger today, and some exciting music afterwards. So I'm really stoked about what we're about to embark on. Yes, it's going to be fun. We are today covering childish major. You trying to be catchy, trying to catch you, my huh? Angry emotions got the best of you, huh? You talk about hell like it's heaven. You second guessing the reverend. You let women get the best of you. Marcus Randall, a.k.a. Childish Major, not Gambino, is a uh, is a rapper and producer from Edgefield, South Carolina, is now based in Atlanta, Georgia. He initially rose to fame as a producer for the 2013 Rocco single. You only know, fuck, I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> it's the one with the you know the one u o e n o yeah i heard it like one you know it was it was a sick beat so <laughs> he then started recording solo the rapper in his debut 2017 mixtape Usa. on this mixtape the single supply love was produced by none other than mr double platinum no features himself j cole and was featured on the HBO show Insecure. Uh, this year itself, in 2019, he released his first debut album, Dirt Road Diamond. Now, this is an artist I wanted to do for a while just because he struck me as interesting, very different from the other younger artists that are trying to come up in the game right now. Very different from like a Denzel Curry, very different from like a Lil Uzi Vert, very different from. He's. Like those guys, he's doing something kind of. In his own style. At least I felt that way. So, Andrew, I'm assuming you listened to Dirt Road Diamond. What did you feel? Yeah, so listening off of his latest projects released this past year, Dirt Road Diamond. You know, I didn't know what to expect coming into this. When you first, when Soccer first mentioned listening to Childish Major, I was like, Childish Gambino? There's a childish major, and it's kind of like it's kind of like how there's a Bruno major and a Bruno Mars. See, so, I didn't even know that. See, that, yeah, exactly. That, that's crazy. And but here we are, childish major. And you know, I didn't know what type of hip hop I would be getting myself into, but I think the best way I can describe is that he really pulls. You can tell childish major. He pulls a lot of influences from the big titans of contemporary hip-hop today. I hear a lot of J. Cole in him. 
I hear a lot of Drake in him for uh, better or for worse. The, both of these artists, for better or for worse, I hear the good parts and the bad parts of both of the art, these artists in him. He does get a little bit uh, trap-y vibes. I hear a little bit of Sway Lee in him as well. In the, the certain songs he does sing and or rap in a sing-song way very similar to Ray Strummerd or Sway Lee type of vibe. And it's really, really interesting because you can really tell that he is a product of the 21st century of rap, hip hop, with these kinds of influences. Now, I want to get into this a little bit because Dirt Road Diamond is a really interesting project. It's a tightly run ship, 11 tracks, 34 minutes. You guys know how we are about our track times or her or track lists and i really really do enjoy that this is a compact project and it doesn't drag too much and i think that it really shows off a lot of his skills he starts off with a bang necessary pressure is an incredible track in my opinion just because he's not just rapping about anything childish major is and it's really really cool to see him you know talk a little bit about you know not just your typical hip-hop you know typical hip-hop topics right so even in the first verse one of the lines is like you talk about hell like it's heaven you second guessing the reverend you let women get the best of you huh you know that serpent be the death that you can't keep it. so he's talking um you know he's really incorporating a lot of biblical biblical allegories here which of course i'm going to pay attention to a lot when when i hear that very he's talking about you know women get the best of you let the serpent be the death of you that's the story of adam and eve um serpent you know being quote unquote the devil and and getting the better of the woman who uh, eve got the better of adam by um you know causing him to eat the fruit of the the tree of the good, good evil, yada yada yada. I'm not gonna go too far. I didn't even yeah, catch this the first timer. And I didn't I, even catch this And stuff. it's crazy because finna kill uh, and we're like, mm. so that's like he he says us a lot. Uh, that that's a big verse, a big line in the second verse, and he doesn't really have a chorus. He kind of this kind of his mini chorus in this case, but um, again, this entire song is talking about how how you know there's an unnecessary or not unnecessary there's a necessary pressure on people who grew up in his area right and people who grew up in his upbringing and how this pressure comes from outside forces Black bind, no job heaven, a block from hell, how niggas supposed to find heaven. Your daddy try rapping, your granddad rapping, you scared to go to Justin, you ain't thought about He's talking about how you know these guys coming up from his background these other african american men coming boys coming from his background just you know a block from hell meaning like they came from a really really bad neighborhood how were they supposed to find success and how are they supposed to find their calling in life right the next two lines are pretty pretty profound as well being your daddy tripped rap tried rapping your granddad reverend you're scared to go to jail, so you ain't thought about trapping. So that's like such a that's such a strong verse right there. So he starts off. And this is why I kind of get J Cole vibes because J Cole has never shied away from talking about certain societal issues into his music. And I do feel like a lot of the 
producer production elements of this song in particular screamed J. Cole to me. Also the the flow style, very, very similar. So again, really, really cool flow that I'm seeing from Childish Major in the first track alone. And he also kind of does the way that he does his syncopation, the way that he talks about the societal issues in this interesting flow. Like I said, really, really feeling J. Cole influence here. And there's another song, the next song actually, um, to my little homies. <laughs> the the chorus is so good because he then shows off his lyricism in a playful manner. There's a line that I really love where it says What you projecting, I'm expecting your insides is dirty and itchy. Miss me like the toilet seat. You all piss. <laughs> so I just love like like where that kind of came out of nowhere you're kind of putting that right next to necessary pressure and then he says a line that i love like miss me like the toilet seat you all pissy that's such a great line i I might i might say that to people who uh (laughs) to my buddies who i'm not feeling he's like hey miss me with that like like the toilet seat just randomly like hey miss me with that toilet seat you're pissy everyone's like what the fuck is wrong with this guy today so uh, he had, he does have really interesting lyricism. He has really really good flow, and that's what I that's the first thing that I really like about him. Now I'm gonna go a little into why I do feel like he has some room for improvement. The first song that I really just did not feel was I want to say it was Feelings Hurt. Feelings Hurt felt incredibly. It felt like bad J Cole, where he was being really repetitive. The same mode is like da 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 da. Like it's it got really really boring, and I f- it felt like that song just dragged the entire track, and I couldn't wait to get to the next song. And obviously that's never a good thing, but I do feel like yeah, he talked about not wanting to get his feelings hurt, and I mean that happens to everyone, and I, I get that. And I get that it's a special, not special thing, but it can be a very personal thing to talk about. But just the the whole, I think the production was a little weak on this one. I felt like it was very repetitive, very monotonous. And after the first two tracks, it was kind of disappointing. So I do feel like he kind of, kind of goes into this rut where he focuses on one motive, musical motive, one melody line, and he carries it out throughout the entire song to the point where I just want to go to the next track. And kind of jumping ahead in the album, I really feel this way about Shine as well, the last track in the in the, in the project. Shine is exactly like this. It reminds me of Bad J. Cole, Bad Drake, where he's doing the singing, which is fine, and he has songs in here where he sings pretty well. I think Bro... The ninth track in the album is a really, really good song, showing off some singing range, obviously a little bit electronically assisted here, some autotune, which is fine, but he can hold the pitch just fine on his own as well. But Shine is super repetitive, and I really am kind of going to go into another thing here, his track placement. I really wish his track placement was a little better because he starts off with a bang, which is always great, but then his last track of the album is really mediocre in my opinion i really do not care for it Uh, when i was listening to to this project again i straight up just crossed that off as a song that i wouldn't be 
keeping in my song list of my total library and like this one feelings hurt i want to say i didn't really care for tenfold either track number five in the listing just because of similar reasons as well but i think overall childish major though i mean if if out of 11 songs i'm not really feeling three and the rest are either pretty good to great that's a really really good percentage in my opinion and he has a very he has a very interesting feature as well no sweat featuring ludicrous now i don't know if i would consider ludicrous to be an a-lister at this point i mean when your last notable thing you've done is be in the fast and furious movies and not your actual music then we might be talking about a problem in your musical career at this point of your life ludicrous <laughs> but i was kind of I mean, it was yeah, kind of it nice was. To hear him it was again. like, oh yeah, Ludacris is a rapper. Like, I forgot because <laughs> all I've seen is him, is him messing with Tyrese Gibson in uh, <laughs> in the Fast and Furious franchise, which is great as well. I love him in that as well. But um, it was good to hear. I do think Ludacris did have a good feature on this track as well. But I think overall, again, he does a good job. That now. Switching back, not ludicrous, but Childish Major does a good job of mixing in modern elements of hip-hop. He does have a couple of more trappy songs, which is fine. And it's expected at this point for some hip-hop artists to have trap elements included, whether that's the triplet flow, whether that's the production that's a little bit more stripped down, like many trap songs are. He has that, but he also does have a little bit of, I hate using this buzzword, but he does have a little bit of conscious rap mixed in as well so he does talk about people from his own neighborhood people from his own upbringing personal experiences as well which is always a plus and it it does come off as very genuine in my opinion in terms of the lyrical content that he has and he does have decent flow he has pretty decent wordplay as well and i think overall outside a couple of tracks where the production was a little lacking i really do also like the production on this as well i think that he uses good beats. He uses good instrumentals as well. That is not, it doesn't seem like it's been recycled from somewhere. Although I'm sure if I took an even deeper dive, you would find a lot of different samples that he uses and um, different just excerpts from other songs that he's incorporated or the styles. But I think overall, this is a very tight project. And ultimately outside of, you know, lyrical content is great. Flow is great, but he does have talent. And I think that listening to this project, it gets me excited for what he has in store for the future because he has a lot of promise. The talent as a rapper is there. If you Even if you make everything else equal to other rappers, right, other hip-hop artists, if you make lyrical content, if you make flow, everything, he just has an it factor that I really enjoy. And I think that his rapping voice as well is it's a little higher pitched. So he says, I think he's young, a bit younger than other rappers in the game, but it does, it is pleasing to the ear because the last thing you wanted to do is as a rapper is to have a grading voice. Um, that is really unpleasant to listen to. Obviously and that's with everything. I mean, you know, big headline listening to soothing voices is pleasurable <laughs> like not really a big revelation i'm saying here but i think for rapping it, it it does sound natural to him his voice does sound good it comes off really nicely and all that time all the other elements that i 
mentioned in the, the flow and the lyrics and the wordplay and the production, all of that is either really good to great. And I think that that is a really great start for our guy over here, Childish Major, really enjoyed Dirt Road Diamond. And I do recommend it. I do think that it is a solid project overall, and I would recommend that to anyone not listening to our pod. Oh, yeah. Um, so, glad you liked Dirt Road Diamond. I myself just wanted to like quickly go over, uh, for my quicker thoughts, uh, Wusa real quick, because my first instance of listening to this artist was um, the song I Like You, featuring drum and black. Um, and I love this song. Like that's, I'm glad that you said like the thing that sometimes like even despite his flaws, he seems to have some sort of an it factor, like just some kind of charisma that really carries his music. And I can't honestly really put my finger on what it is, but I really like it when I listen to him and I really feel this. And I like you um, supply la the song that I mentioned before. Uh, Happy Birthday with SZA and Isaiah Rashad and uh, the song No I and Team. Uh, All of these are great and really capture this like alternative style that Childish Major is going for and perpetuating, but still like, you know, reminding us of lyricism, reminding us of consciousness. Like, I really appreciate what he's doing. Like, you know, I think it's great. What do you um what do you think he could do to be like a little more popular? Do you think there's like a reason why he's more low key? Um, I I mean honestly, if he really wants to be popular, granted Dram and Black great features to to be attached on. Uh I feel like if he has a couple, if he has one feature with like Travis Scott or something like he's going to take off. <laughs> Like that's sometimes sometimes it's not as sometimes the answer is a little bit more nuanced and complicated than that. But I really do feel like if he has a couple songs, like if he has a song with Sway Lee, if he has a song with Travis Scott or shoot Kendrick, any of these guys, you know who I, you know who I kind of, you know how I kind of equated him to when I was listening, and I'm surprised you didn't mention in your comparison, um, Amine a little bit. He does. Yeah, actually. He has a similar vibe. You know what? Yeah, because they both kind of rap in a sing-song manner. They have a couple... Yeah. Their their voices are a little higher pitched than most other artists. I can kind of see that a little bit. Yeah, I feel like that's the collab I want to hear. That would be sick. I mean, we, we're both unabashed fans of, of Amine here. So, I mean, shoot. Sign me up for that. I want to see that. Yeah. That's like the collab I'd want to hear. Alrighty. Well, now it is time for that segment, which is the segment, the good one, the favorite one, chill or no chill. Andrew has chill today, and uh, I'm excited to hear what you got on your mind. Oh, man. So this is something that we've both been waiting for. We saw a, a little do bit it, of a taste. Do it. Say it. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't yes. want to keep you guys waiting any longer. Head in the Clouds 2. Latest collab mixtape from the 88 Rising roster. You, Your favorite, my favorite Asian artists that are on the docket for this one. Rich Brian. You got Joji. Higher Bros. Nikki. And some new ones that are have been introduced that I believe will be here to stay. But... Really, really interesting stuff. Obviously, the first project, Head in the Clowns, 
one, I guess, at this point was released was um had Midsummer uh Midsummer Madness and was a summer centric track with stuff like Peach Jam, History, La Cienega, Head in the Clouds. So some really, really good ones. I think Loverboy was the one with the uh, high bros on it, which was also really good. But this one and I think Sagar and I talked about this off podcast, but this is a much more mature project, and I think it's really, really cool to see this entire roster of 88 Rising grow and evolve together. And, I mean, right off the bat, the song, These Nights, is a favorite of Sagar's, Rich Brian, and uh, the ever-elegant uh, Chung Ha, which is, uh, who is a, a solo, South Korean solo K-pop artist. She's incredibly popular in Korea, so to see these two collaborate is really really interesting especially because it's kind of a slow jam like this techno electric snow slow jam a little bit and from last album the last rich brian album we saw rich brian show off his singing chops a little bit right in yellow and when we talked about this on this podcast Sagar and i were both really really impressed with his singing and he's going to show it off throughout this entire mixtape which is really, really impressive. A lot of heavy production on Brian's voice in this song. Very unusual, but I mean, I'm with it. I kind of like it. It's took some time for me to get used to it because I'm so used to the trap bangers that Rich Brian has produced. I mean, Datstick and Attention and other stuff along those lines, like um, Beam on the last one that he, on the last Head in the Clouds album that he did with Playboy Cardi. I mean, that's a a typical Rich Brian banger, but I think he's gone in a much softer direction when it comes to his musical choices and his style, much more singing. And really, I think, well, first of all, the song that the, 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 the artist that really popped out to me in this project was Nikki. Nikki is a freaking star. She's so good. Yes, She is so good. And, um, the second song, Strange Land, and she actually collaborated with another um I wanna say I wanna say he's Indonesian, another Indonesian artist, because Nikki is Indonesian as well. And that's and he was featured on Loverboy off of the previous Head in the Clouds album. Fum vi I'm gonna mess this up, the spelling this pronunciation of already. It's like Fum V for it. Fum before it, yeah, something like I see, that. I see who, you're, I see the name, but yeah, but I he's, also agree. I'm not gonna. He's a, it. an incredible vocal vocal artist, and Nikki. I, I don't even know how would you even explain her vocal style. I mean, to me, she's kind of like a lower pitched. She's kind of like a lower pitched Ariana Grande. The way that she utilizes her voice. What do you think, Sawyer? Hmm. I, I don't know. I get very, like, I get, like, <laughs> don't make fun of me. <laughs> I, I kind of I get, like, Haley Steinfeld voices a little bit. Okay. Don't well. ask what I was doing listening to Haley Steinfeld. Okay, okay. Don't ask. <laughs> I, I feel like, okay, I can kind of see that, Haley Steinfeld. I feel like she's I'm, just not bad, all right? No, it's like, no, I don't know why we always. <laughs> no, she's not. You don't, have to, you don't have to defend yourself to me. 
But okay, so a little bit of that I feel like a little bit of Adele, the way because Adele is a lower pitched uh, singer when it comes to female lead singers, but yeah, the, definitely the lower pitched one. But I think just like the charisma and stuff she carries herself with, it's very like you know who she. It's actually, very fun. Yeah, you know who she actually reminds me of. Nikki reminds me a lot of this. I th- had to rack my brain. She reminds me a lot of Corinne Bailey Ray. Um, oh damn! So obviously. Korean Bailey Ray singer with um what song um put your records on. So I think that that song or that art that style of singing is very very similar. But again, uh don't want to get too sidetracked here. Nikki has one two three f- three songs on here. All of them are no, four songs on here. So she has two solo songs. Indigo, which is actually my favorite song on the on the entire album, I love Indigo. I think that that's where she really exhibits a lot of Ariana Grande type of feels with that song, with how she sings. Like you know how Ariana Grande, she's very she just she uses a lot of, for lack of a better word, this is kind of a musical term, but she uses a lot of staccato where it's like very her voice sounds very plucky and very sh- short notes at a time. Um, mm-hmm. and she, Nikki does that with Indigo in that in that um chorus. I see. Like that, I really, really uh, love yeah, that song. I know what you're talking about. And it's if Ariana sang that, I mean, that would be an instant hit right away. That's how I feel about it. But that's my favorite song from the entire album. And she, her duet with Rich Brian was really good. So good. Shouldn't, couldn't, wouldn't, and it's uh, about. Uh, it's about a, a couple, Nikki and Brian are seeing kind of a little back and forth about how their relationship, they're obviously, I'm saying they're in quotation marks, but in the song, their relationship couldn't work out because they couldn't do certain things. They wouldn't do certain things uh, in the relationship. And I don't know what to say. I, I don't know who it is. Did Brian get some kind of singing lessons? He had to have. There's no way I refuse to believe that he always had this in his pocket. He said on Twitter, um, he was like, I think someone tweeted about the song and was like, "They're so good vocally." And Brian was like, "Thanks, it's all the singing lessons and the tears and the auto tune." <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he was rich, Brian, about it. He was super funny about it. Yeah, so I think it's very clear that he's worked really hard on his singing because it sounds good. It's not like he's a good singer for a rapper. Oh, I found it. Found it. I'm glad the $1,700 a month singing lessons worked. Also the auto-tune. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he does... You, you, he, there is a little bit of auto-tune in some of his singing. I, I won't deny that. And I, he's still a little rough around the edges, but he's gone from the the realm of rapper trying to sing and it sounds passable to a guy who can actually sing and it's just little things where obviously he he keeps the melody throughout uh, when he holds out notes he keeps that he keeps that throughout it's strong and he doesn't taper off too much when he does taper off that's when you hear the autotune a little bit and also he has a little bit of vibrato i mean the little vibrating uh sound effect that you'll hear from 
singers do that'll naturally occur. He has some of that. So I can tell that he's been doing a lot of breathing exercises, a lot of just elongated notes where he's holding it out for a long time and working on his stamina because it all comes from the diaphragm. And when you do that naturally, you'll get the natural vibrato that you hear. Basically, every prominent singer today will have naturally. And he has all of that. And it's really, really impressive. And I'm kind of geeking out, as you can tell, because we had no idea that he could sing. Maybe at best, he probably could hold a note semi-decently. And then now he's holding his own with Nikki in this duet. So really, really good. Speaking of improving singing joji sounds really crisp on this every time sagar told me basically word for word in that every time we hear another joji track he sounds better and more confident in his singing and it just sounds crisper so the song need is your love is a, a song that he sang with um generations from exile tribe which is exile tribe is a k-pop another k-pop band group so, can we talk about can we talk about walking with Joji, Jackson Wang, Major Laser, and Sway Lee? Because what a freaking track. Yeah. Oh my god. So wait, really quick, um Generations from Exile Trap is not a K pop group. Although I could have <laughs> sworn I heard Korean in that song. So but anyways, walking. So Joji, Sway Lee, both singing on this, so crazy crazy collaboration and then jackson wang i think he's the rising star from all this that i that i yeah alluded to earlier. was he he wasn't on the first one was he because no. he definitely stood out on this one he definitely wasn't and i do feel like this is so jackson wang quick look into his spotify bio born and raised in hong kong singer dancer television personality and oh he Okay, now I know he sounded familiar. He was in um, the K-pop group GOT7, which obviously, Sagar, you're not going to know anything about K-pop. I know something very... Nope. I have tangential knowledge of K-pop. GOT7 was um, the biggest boy band group back in like 2015, 2016. So he had, um, he had a, already a ton of a ton of experience in the music industry. GOT7 reached, um, got pretty, pretty famous actually uh, in the K-pop sphere of things. So that's kind of where he came from. And it seems like what I want to point out also is how 88 Rising is really attracting Asian artists from all over the Eastern Hemisphere. I mean, you got Brian and Nikki from Indonesia. You got Joji from, I mean, technically America, but he's, of Japanese descent, Chung Ha and um, Jackson Wang from the K-pop sphere. So really, they're really spreading their wings, so to speak. And uh, I really, really appreciate that. And they're diversifying as well. But man, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Jackson Wang, he, he, he's a good singer. The song that he's on, I want to say, he's on um, the song I Love You 3002. That, can we talk about that song too? That one was really good. Like, uh, so he sings a song with uh, this. I've never heard of this artist before. So many of these new artists, Stephanie Poetry. Yeah, never heard of her before. I've never but she's heard great of her too. before, but she's really good in that. I love you three thousand. Obviously, referring to if you haven't watched it at this point, like 
honestly, what are you doing with your life? Coming from <laughs> uh, the the last Avengers movie Endgame, obviously those those last words you hear from Tony Stark. So that's a big theme of the the song is you know you're my Iron Man, I love you three thousand. So that's a really it's this really really sweet ballad duet ballad between Stephanie Poetry and Jackson Wang, and it's shoot, it's honestly like I was. Fe- I was tearing up because listening to the lyrics, I was like, oh, crap. They said the freaking words. I love you 3,000. <laughs> it got me just thinking of that entire scene. And I'm sure it must have you know, brought back emotions from you as well. Yeah, it was, tough. It was a sweet song. I was really happy about it. So, I mean, back to this. We also have another new artist, Barney Bones. Do you want to talk about him a little bit? Yeah, um, crap, let me look at what he was on that I really, ooh, the, the song Hopscotch with August 08, Joji, Barney Bones, and Rich Brian. That was a good one. That was cool because it was just like a, a group trap song. And Rich, yeah, just going at like it. I mentioned before, I mean, Rich Brian on this entire project is really showing off his scene, but this is kind of his element where the world grew to know and love him in this kind of more of a traditional trap banger more more also more from august 08 who was featured pretty well in the previous 88 rising mixtape so also he was on uh i want to say he was on both the joji album as well as rich brian's first album as well so again this is just from top to bottom, this is a really, really good project. I think everyone has grown and matured their music styles and added stuff on. I'm excited to see what Jackson Wang brings to 88 Rising if he's gonna, if he's officially signed to that label or not. Because it seems like he's trying to make his way, own waves as a single uh, artist, a solo artist. But everything that we've heard, I mean, Nikki, Brian, Joji. Higher Bros, their songs were also really good. I really, really liked the song To The Face with Rich Brian and the Higher Brothers. And Mm -hmm. honestly, you know someone's good when... I can't understand a freaking word that any of the Higher Brothers say. But like, (laughs) you vibe with them so hard, right? And you feel what they're saying. And they do mix in a little bit English, which I appreciate that they're trying to... They understand that a majority of their target audience do not understand Mandarin in uh, being rapidly rapped. So they are working on that as well. So I do feel like, you know, from their previous album for their, for their first debut album, they, they are working a little bit on their English, which is always nice to have to build an international uh, fan base. But I mean, shoot, you can already tell I'm so, I freaking love this album so much. It's, it's so good. I definitely feel like, yeah, the head in the clouds one was like, a nice summer fun album. And I feel like head in the clouds Two kind of really captures like the transition into fall for me. Like, and this one did come out in the fall. It came out this month on October. So I don't know. I felt like that was interesting too. And yeah, just the change in the vibe, the really the songs with a little more production behind it. Like I was hooked and even lyrically, this is a great project. Too. I'm just very happy for all. Also, 
we would be remiss to not mention one of the up-and-comers in the hip-hop world today. Goldlink is on this album. Tequila oh, yes. Sunrise. Goldlink, Tequila Sunrise with... Dude, this is I, this is arguably one of my favorite songs as well. I mean, it, it's going to come second to Indigo, but Tequila Sunrise, Jackson Wing, High Brothers, August 08, Goldlink. That's a pretty sick track That's listing right there. That's a great track. And yeah. Goldlink, I mean, he's risen up, risen up the ranks as well. It's really cool how... I mean, last album, Head in the Clouds album, 88 Rising, they were able to get, what, Blockboy JB as... Playboy and Cardi, Playboy yeah. Cardi. So they're able to mix in outside uh, artists from other labels. Goldlink being huge. Obviously, Sway Lee and Major Lazer. I would say that those guys are A-list artists. And the moment that you see like a Sway Lee feature on that track, you know that it's pretty significant. And Goldlink, I think I first heard him on when he was on Denzel Curry's Taboo. Because he was on Black Balloons. He was. He's slowly risen up the ranks a little bit into the mainstream. So again, really, really cool album. I mean, shoot, I'm trying to count all the songs that I really like, and this is a long album. Granted, the the exception to the whole short album rule that we like to have is this is a collaboration, big collaboration mixtape. So it's not going to have a lot of flow to it as a solo album project would. But it's more like a compilation mixtape of all these different types of songs from all the different, the full roster of 88 Rising. So, I mean, quick, I'm going to quickly list some of the songs that I really like. These Nights, Need Is Your Love, Tequila Sunrise, Walking, Shouldn't, Couldn't, Wouldn't, Indigo, Hopscotch, I Love You 3000, To The Face, Gold Coast. I straight up listed like, 10 songs out of 16. <laughs> so yeah. you can tell how much I love that. That sounds songs. about right. That sounds about right. To be honest, this is a really good yeah, album. Go ahead, get a listen to it for all our fellow Asians out there, support Asian artists. They're um, obviously making some waves here and they're not going to disappoint with this project. Definitely not. Definitely not. All right. Um, well, we're just so chill on that album. And now we have to go to the MVP of No oh Chill. Boy. <laughs> oh boy. Christopher Brown. And I am No Chill against the people that have made this stupid fucking song, No Guidance. Oh my god. Actually popular. Uh. Oh, okay. Drake, what are you doing with Chris Brown? Weren't they beefing? Actually, yeah, didn't they like beat? Chris Brown tried to beat someone up in a club once. You know what? That's he's probably tried to do yeah, that, that a lot of times. That's, that's not really uh, narrowing it down to anyone. Yeah, that I, I feel like I've heard that story like four times. Okay, I, one time it was like Drake. One time it was Frank Ocean. I don't know, man. Okay. So anyway, um, why? <laughs> it's. 2019 i thought we'd be over him by now like right it doesn't make any sense no it's like it's it's not even like this is some amazing track it's like 
this is like a very by the numbers like R&B track. It's like, super it's it screams top 40 radio. You no, know, but it's but it's not even like good I don't even think it should be good enough to be there. Like there's some great songs out right now. Like you want you want a Drake feature? Sway Lee and Drake won't be late. Try that one. That's a Trust me, one. you won't That's regret so it. It's a new Sway Lee single, Drake feature, little dance hall ting that Drake likes to do there. Like, way better. Way better. And 100% less women abuse. <laughs> and, look, we've talked about Chris Brown a lot, and it's like, he still keeps doing shit, and he still keeps having a career. So, like, what are we doing? Why are we enabling this guy? It's just I'm so over it. Like it it was different if it was if it was good. (laughs) Maybe maybe if his music was something that I have to be like, oh man, the artistic value behind this. Oof. Too much for my soul to I I can't I just have to follow the music and not the guy. I don't even have that debate. It's like it's just not great. And that's what pisses me off. It's like if Chris Brown is going to be back in the top 40 or something, it better be really fucking good. It's just not. No, I... I like, which, goodness. which makes me even more angry because some people are... There exists that many people that support not only his mediocrity, but his constant bullshit. Yeah, his antics, <laughs> and it's... It's funny. He, he kind of reminds me, he's like the music version of kind of the music version of Antonio Brown. Having the last name Brown has nothing to do with it. Now, AB has never alleged, has never hit a woman that we know of. But he's done a lot of, he's done a laundry list of things that, I mean, the dude was accused for multiple cases of sexual harassment just a couple months ago. But yet he somehow kept getting opportunities because he's incredibly talented, but he's a head case. And I think that because I like to make sports equivalents everywhere I go, this is somewhat similar. Obviously, AB does not – Antonio Brown had a run, like a six-, seven-year run, where he was literally the best wide receiver in the entire NFL. Whereas Chris Brown I don't think has – seeing that same amount of success where people widely regarded him as the best R&B artist at any point. Yeah, there was like a few years where he was great. And like, then, yeah, when he was 16. You know. Yeah, and then he beat up on poor Rihanna, and then everyone was like, what Yeah, and it's – and I'm totally with you. I don't want to spend every single episode's – no chill segment on Chris Brown, however easy that is, because it's very low-hanging fruit at this point. But it's just – I don't get it either. I, I saw that he – the moment I saw that he saw yeah. did a song with Drake, I was dreading seeing it all over, you know, top 40 playlists and whatnot. And I knew it was not going to be good just from the very beginning. That That combination just doesn't sound good to me. Go listen to Won't Be Late instead. You will not regret it. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So much better. Yeah. uh, Okay. Anyways, goodness. Well, well, that that being said, 
I believe that is all for us today. Um, quick shout out as always to udayMEHTA.com, udayMeta.com for all of your world class journalism needs and also for your podcast cover art needs. Thank you, Uday, for the cover art. Um, Childish Major, 88 Rising. Uh, fuck Chris Brown. He is Andrew K. Park. I am Sagar J. Kamnani. And don't forget to always send tunes. <laughs>